afternoon, film fans. What if you're listening to this in the morning? I know. I guess I should say good day. Or, I don't have or a good, just uh, hello. Hello. I don't have a good uh, Australian accent. Good day. We'll talk to our guest Tom Stockman in just a minute. Then we'll talk about clemency. Then around minute 10, color out of space. Around minute 18, the Oscar-nominated shorts that are showing this weekend. Around minute 28, DVDs out this week. Around minute 38, all the film series that are coming around to St. Louis. And around minute 42, what's going on around town? Well, we're going to talk movies, but it's a slim pick and sweep. However, we have a very entertaining special guest. Hello, Tom special Stockman. guest. Well, thank you. And speaking of Slim Pickens, I watched Doctor Strange Love and 1941 recently. Did oh, you? Oh, so uh, the Slim Pickens. Kind of slim Pickens Marathon. Um, yes. Double feature. Yeah. Well, Tom is joining us today, and he has seen movies this week. I, I have. Carl I have. And I. I've, been, I've missed a lot of movies lately, but I did see two this week that opened today. All right. Or let's, no, one open life. Yeah. Well, uh, we have to preface this by saying there were no critical critic screenings this week right Mm -hmm. even though the rest of the country has seen birds of prey we have not well uh kent my colleague at webster kirkwood times said that he checked the owens group schedule and they didn't have any birds of prey screenings so like cincinnati didn't get it either or kc hmm that's too bad Mm. but that means we'll just have to see it on our own with the people Well, today what opens is a movie called The Rhythm Section with Blake Lively. Right. That is a – I keep seeing commercials for this on uh, Comedy Central, and it looks looks British, but I guess it's not. And I think she has a hidden identity, or they thought she was dead. It's like a spy. It looks like like a lot of other movies. Like a (laughs) female-born identity. Anna from last year, which is actually pretty good. Which is probably Um, why they didn't show it to us. But I think it's at 30-something percent over at the tomato meter, which doesn't mean a whole lot. No. No, and then there's the horror movie Gretel and Hansel, not Hansel and Gretel. And it looks terrible. Which is why they didn't show it to us. No. But horror movies, they normally don't. Do Do they show the turning to us? No. 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 Uh, Max saw it, and he said it was a half of a movie. Did you see it at the theater? He did. Uh-oh. He went, because he he has the AMC A-list, and so he gets to see three movies a week. And he said, since they're not screening any of these for us, he's using his A-list. Is mm. it three movies a week or three movies a month? Uh, a month. I just, I, okay. I just sneak in. <laughs> Shh. Don't say that <laughs> out loud. So Tom has seen me. Tell us what you saw, Tom. Uh, I saw Colorado Space and I saw Clemency. Let's, Clemency opens today. Colorado Space opened last week. Let's start with the one that opens today. Uh, and and Lynn, Lynn started to watch it and bailed on it. Yes, we got a screener from Neon for the award season. So Clemency. like a good uh, a critics, uh, film critic who votes, I put it in and I took it out 15 minutes later. I just, it was too brutal. Wait, I but thought, what was brutal about it? Because I watched it. I didn't think it was brutal at all. Yeah, but you are a uh, horror movie fan. Well, are you talking about the execution scene? Yes, the execution scene. Okay, have you seen scene. The Green Mile? <laughs> Where Sam Rockwell sticks the dry sponge under Michael Jeter's cap in the electric chair and his whole head bursts into flames? Yeah, I know. Okay, that's brutal. I know, but <laughs> I, I maybe it's because I had seen Just Mercy before. And then I turned clemency, and I'm like, oh, my God, here we go again. Yeah, we go so again. what's the story about this film? Well, it's about it's an anti-death penalty film, and it's about a warden played by Alfre Woodard. And uh, 
she's overseeing 12 executions on her watch as warden at this prison. I don't even think they say the name of the state where the prison is. You're guessing but Texas. She, no, I don't think it was Texas. I, I think, well, I, I, I know in a press release, the director and writer, and I wrote her name down, Chinonye Chukwu. Okay. Uh, spent four years in studying death, uh, death row inmates and execution practices in Ohio. Oh. So maybe it takes place in Ohio. Maybe they say, but I didn't catch words. But you know what? They can't get sued if they don't say. Yeah. It was shown at the St. Louis International Film Festival. Oh, was it Clemency was? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. I know Just Mercy was. Just Mercy I, I, was, I reviewed last time I was here, and I didn't like that movie very much, but this one is even is a lot worse. Now, okay, it's actually a really in, lousy film. In Just Mercy, I can see them showing that in schools. I don't think Clemency is going to be shown in schools. I don't know why they would show either one of them in schools, to be honest. No, it's... It's it's, just, it's, it's, it's grim. It's well, it's grim. not that grim. It's just dull, and it's all about this woman, and it's about all of a sudden warden. she has this change of conscience about the death penalty, and she can't sleep, and she can't communicate with her husband, and she goes to a bar and drinks bourbon, and obviously she's not <laughs> cut out for her job. <laughs> really, that's what it's about. It's a woman who, who can't handle her job. A midlife and, crisis, maybe? Well, it... Why doesn't she transfer to a prison that doesn't have death row? Very few, you know, only one prison in Missouri has a death row. Really? Really? Yeah, and that's the one in Potosi. Um, Because there's not that many people on death row. There's only about 30 people in our state, and we're one of the bigger um, execution states. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't have stays. So, uh, but anyways. It all depends on who's the governor. Yeah, but but she has a, a, a... change of heart about i guess about the death penalty we don't really get to know this character very well because it's very poorly written <laughs> uh because i guess in the first 15 minutes what you which you were so shocked about some prisoners being electrocuted and the medical technician can't bind his veins so he sort of girdles and is in pain for oh. the final 30 seconds of his life but they, they, they never explain what his murder victims final moments were like right because that wouldn't that wouldn't fit their agenda of this film. at least in just mercy there was one character that had remorse about what yeah. he did right True. but this 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 movie doesn't have any depth and then the rest of the movie is about the second guy who's facing uh, execution a couple weeks later and and it's really kind of a lazy film. This this woman supposedly spent four years studying the death penalty and execution methods. And I don't know what this woman did for four years, but I learned absolutely nothing about executions and the death penalty. There's all this soap opera drama with her and her husband and how they can't communicate. And then they get separated. Mm. Um it's, that really doesn't advance the plot at all. You've got this guy who's about to ex- be executed. His defense lawyer mumbles something about, oh, it's really not clear whether he's uh, guilty or not. Uh, he may have been uh, railroaded. But there's no evidence. <laughs> there's, there's, there's really nothing, absolutely nothing about this guy's case presented, nothing damning or exculpatory. It's just... He's a cop killer. That's all we know. Oh. And and we're supposed to feel sorry for him. And the defense lawyer is holding his hand. And he's going, oh, you are not alone. And But he and, killed a police officer. Right. You know, <laughs> n- nobody's holding the, the the hand of the son of the police officer that he murdered. Right. It's just, it's just they want to put a halo around this guy's head who's a co- convicted cop killer. But they don't really, they never explain why exactly. How is he railroaded? They, yeah, how is they, he railroaded? They just, what are the details you're taking here? for granted. Yeah, well, what what evidence? I mean, a jury, he was convicted by a jury. Well, so at, at, least in, at least in Just Mercy, they explain what, what happened and why that guy, because that's based yeah. on a true story. 
is clemency based on a true story or is it, it just is not it okay is not. oh well dead men walking they showed both sides they showed what he did to those that yeah. girl and mm-hmm. the, the yeah that was a, and... that was a much better film that's a similar film because she she's sort of like the susan's the susan the Nun. Film. A, mm-hmm. a bit Helen but um in this alfred woodard is is really not a very not very good in this film i know she's been good in other films but she just sort of stares at the ground and she speaks very slowly and there's all these dramatic pauses. So it's like a movie that, it's a story that could have been told in 45 minutes stretched out to an hour and 45 minutes. Um, Is it a race thing? Not really. Okay. It, it does, like I say, it well, like, have, it's, it's I very keep, poorly I keep written. trying to, I keep comparing to Just Mercy because, you know, it's several, several similar topics coming out at the same time. Yeah. And so... Even though you didn't like Just Mercy, you think it's a better film? I think Just Mercy is a much better film than this. This is really one of the worst films I've seen. I gave it zero out of four stars. Wow. wow. I don't do that too often. Usually I give that movies that are that are just boring, and this one was really boring. But again, Alfred Wood is not very good. She, and I keep reading, oh, she should have been nominated for an Oscar for this. Well, she never changes her expression. Um, she never... There's no, she doesn't really emote that much. She just sort of pouts, and she always looks like she's on the verge of tears. And all the characters in this movie pout and are on the verge of tears. There's no energy or, or, or really, um, there's no excitement. There's no suspense. Um, this is really one of the worst movies I've seen. Wow. Um, but that's my but opinion. But I'm glad Some you're, I'm, like I'm glad you're, em, you're emotional about it and i'm glad you saw it so that we, we didn't have so, to yeah. yeah and we i know i made the right decision yeah but i certainly didn't think about it at all but I, he doesn't agree with the reason you turned it off okay, right. no i don't at all i didn't think <laughs> well, it was particularly v- graphic or violent or brutal i don't, right. I don't even know if it was rated r it might have been okay well let's move on to the okay. movie that opened last week Color Out of Space. Oh, did either of you guys see that? Or I the only didn't know. It, it was not screened, and it is a Nicolas Cage movie. I just want to yeah, say that. Yeah, it would have probably been... Uh, is this well, a paycheck movie for Nick? No, no, I wouldn't say so. This is actually a very good movie. Really? Yeah, I mean, especially if you're a horror movie fan. I know all the, my local horror movie friends were very excited about this movie. It opened on a Wednesday. I was going to see it opening night, but I ended up having to go to North Carolina again. Um, it's, a, it's based on H.P. Lovecraft... Short Ooh. novel called Color Out of Space. It was filmed before. It was filmed in 1965 with Boris Karloff. Wow. Uh, in the Actually, in the Nicolas Cage role. And Nick Adams was the star of the 1965 version. Uh, they're, they're not real similar, though. It's about this farmer, and he's raising, oh, ap- apchulas. What, what, what's that? Animal alpacas. That's, alpacas. They, okay. they sort of look like uh, little, little sheep. camels or sheep or something. Yeah. yeah. He's got an alpaca for the, farm. For the wool. Yeah, yeah. He's got an alpaca farm out, I don't know, somewhere in Maine, I think. Mm-hmm. And this uh, meteor lands on his property, and, you know, all this radiation and mysterious forces from outer space come out of this uh, meteor. Perfect they, movie for the 50s. It's, it, 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 yeah, it was, it, was, it was a bit of a throwback. It was, and it turns some of the insects into these mutants. Oh, I love when they go giant, like the Night of the Leper, Lepus. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Night of the Lepus. Yes, the, with Janet Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, Big giant rabbits. <laughs> well, this was this was a little more serious than that, even though it had but Nicolas it, Cage. Um, it's a Lovecraft story. But then, but then this this meteor starts affecting you know the minds of Nicolas Cage and his wife, played by Jolie Richardson, and his three kids. Oh, wow. Um, it's a very interesting movie. It's kind of a mess, though. It's all over the place. There's some really 
um, sort of beautiful CGI with these big insects that are purple and have really weird eyes. But then they'll bring in all this practical special effects, too, that's re- very reminiscent of the thing, like these alpacas sort of all form together into one sort of horrible Super alpaca. beast. And it, it well, that's a Lovecraft the, the, trope. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, I, our colleague uh, Andrew Wyatt, I think, go read his review over at The Lens because he sort of hits the nail on the head when he says that no movie has ever really captured Lovecraft. There have been dozens of movies based on Lovecraft stories, but mm-hmm. no one's ever really captured Lovecraft's you know, style and sensibilities. And he's, he's right. Um, but a, a, another weird thing about this movie, I don't want to say bad or good, but it stars Nicolas Cage. Yes. And Who can Cage, be good. He can, Well, he never delivers an uninteresting performance. True. He's always good, actually. He just Oscar-winning actor. He just uh, signs on. He, I don't think he reads scripts. I think he just says yes to everything. Because <laughs> there's like a, you know, a dozen movies a year with Nicolas Cage. And, and sometimes he's a difficult actor to rein in. Um, he just goes crazy, kind of like he did in The Wicker Man, and rolls right. his eyes and screams. See, that's and, what I keep thinking of. Yeah. Th- that's the epitome of a Nicolas Cage horror movie, right. Wicker Man. But but if but if, if it's well-written, which this movie is for the most part, it, it can work. It's directed by Richard Stanley, and if that doesn't name doesn't ring a bell, he sort of has a cult following only for two movies he directed. And one was in 1990. It was called Hardware. And it yeah. has a cult following. I remember seeing it at the Esquire. I've never been a big fan of it, and I've never revisited it. But then in 96, he directed um, Island of Dr. Moreau, where he also where he got a sort of similar gonzo performance out of Marlon Brando. Right, and the little person. Yeah, yeah the little mini-me guy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it wasn't the guy who played No, no, no. It was a different guy. It was actually yes. a guy smaller than the guy who right. played, smaller than Vern Troyer. In fact, it, 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 South Park made fun of that for years. Oh yeah. For years, they just kept make fun yeah. of the do, the island of Doctor Moreau, yeah. the the Brando version. Yeah. And it, but it's. But Richard Stanley got fired from the island of Doctor Moreau. Our island of Doctor Moreau was credited to John Frankenheimer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was '96, and this guy hasn't made a movie since. What? Yeah, this Richard Stanley guy. So somehow he got the money together. They, he wanted he wanted to make a Lovecraft trilogy and he's going to supposedly he's doing the Dunwich Horror next because I guess this movie is is doing pretty well Tommy Chong is in it yeah Tommy Chong plays this hippie surprise surprise (laughs) and lives in a little shack on uh, Nicolas Cage's property he doesn't really add a whole lot to the story but he he is sort of a colorful character um, so th- this seems like something that Jason Blum would be involved in, but is, but no, it's not Blumhouse not necessarily. Jason, the, I say the Blum movies are more conventional horror movies. This and made on the weird. cheap. This one's all <laughs> over the map in terms of its tone. I mean, there's some really scary scenes followed by some really silly scenes, and there's some really interesting special effects. The cage is good by at some that. Ridiculous special effects. <laughs> you just kind of roll your eyes at some of the special effects. Reminded me of like Basket Case or Society oh. <laughs> or some or Reanimator. Some of those Ooh. where you had some really weird uh, practical effects, like by Screaming Mad George. He was a special effects guy that specialized in, in that. In that sort I of loved ma- Reanimator. Um, but it's, I don't know who did the makeup in this one, but it's a very interesting movie. I, I, I do recommend it, especially for fans of horror movies. If, if you get online, people either love it or hate it. It's very divisive. It hasn't gotten a lot of press, though. No, that's what I'm surprised oh. at. Oh, film it has, sta- within is, the horror community, it's gotten quite a bit of press. But. Well, the, fi- the film stage says the final result is a movie that feels as paranoid, cruel, ludicrous, 
and radiation uh, poisoned as its characters. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Even the people that hate it, I wouldn't even disagree with what they hate about it. And the people that love it, I wouldn't disagree with that either. It's it's, it's a strange film, and it's well, well worth seeing. Grotesque wavelength. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly not a dull film like Clemency. <laughs> and, it, uh, it, it moves like lightning. It's a, it's a lot of fun. But, again, it's just very inconsistent. They said it's a Hollywood reporter says a satisfying shot at bringing a classic of the sci-fi horror genre to modern audiences. Mm. This would be the kind of movie that Joe Bob Briggs would show on Monster Vision. <laughs> oh, perhaps. Maybe. Well, you'd have some interesting Well, things I saw to Basket Case and Reanimator on Monster Vision, uh, I so I would have never seen it before that. I saw Reanimator the night it opened at the Creve Corps and the, the scene with the head, and you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And then I saw it at the Varsity about two weeks later, and that scene was cut out. What? Oh, at what? the Varsity. Oh, but that's, wow. that's yeah, an they, iconic they scene. The prince, I know. They pulled the prints for a while, and they cut out that scene because it scared so many people. Yeah, well, I think it was having... It's a, pra- it's a practical effect, isn't it? Yeah, Didn't oh, they yeah. just like... Well, I don't want to give it away in case you haven't seen That's it. That's really bizarre. Uh, that was really that bizarre. But, but it. one time I remember going to the Crestwood and seeing Caligula. Wow. And they cut out like 45 minutes of it. And so it's about, a 10-minute movie? Then, I, then about three, three months later, I went to the Varsity, and they showed it uncut. So the Varsity was an interesting thing. I saw it on HBO. And you did? Mm-hmm. That, uh, wasn't that... Uh, Malcolm McDowell. Well, no. I'm no. saying Wasn't it, it produced, was by, uh, produced by the guy Penthouse. that run Penthouse? Yeah. Oh, Bob, Bob Guccione. Guccione. Yeah. yeah, and Helen Mirren's in it. We said Bob Guccione at the same oh, I love time. Bob. He's one of my heroes. <laughs> he's like a he's like a grouchy or Hugh Hefner. Oh God. Okay, so so um, um, at the Tivoli and at De Pair and Ronnie's are showing the Oscar-nominated shorts this weekend. Right, and Marcus has got the doc shorts unlike the tivoli right but because there are three shorts categories there's animated there's narrative and there are documentaries right the one that has the st louis connection and the only one that i've seen i've seen a couple of the uh i've seen a couple of the animated ones not all five but i saw st louis superman because they sent that to us and it's a st louis story Mm -hmm. and i really wanted to find out more about bruce franks because he if you don't know the story he was an activist up in ferguson and he uh, ran for state congressman, and he won, and then abruptly quit. Mm-hmm. He served three years of his term, and then he quit. And I thought this would tell us more about why he quit. Instead, the film abruptly ends just like his term did, and they they have... MTV Films has was notified by Mr. Franks that uh, he will no longer be participating in the documentary. Mm. But is it made by St. Louis filmmakers? No, it's no, made by MTV MTV, M- MTV oh, okay. Films okay. because there's a rap battle in the middle of it. He's ah. he's still a congressman, but he still does rap battles, which is very jarring because you think it's gonna it's all prim and proper it's politics, and then they start having a rap battle with n bombs and f bombs, and it's hmm. really. Really interesting. I haven't seen it. Well, the reason he quit was uh, his battles with uh, depression, depression and anxiety. Because his mm. he was all uh, he was an- very gun control, anti shooting violence, anti police, and anti police. Uh, I they, they they discuss that in the film, um, but and they also have um, they say that his godson was gunned down. And uh, his cousin and one of his best friends for life was also gunned down and that he couldn't grieve. And so he was having panic attacks. And so that's why he got out. But the, but the movie doesn't really address that. And he has a ton of kids, but they only focus on one of them who happens to have the, a birthday as the day of the Michael Brown shooting. 
So they focus on that and this one this one child who's five years old. And they also um, they also have Republicans on there because he was on he was doing interviews and television shows at First Rule, and they they have this Republican who says. Because of my friendship with Bruce Franks, I stopped telling a certain type of joke. Ah. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're admitting that on camera. Knock, knock joke? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, so, but they, they said, I'm friends now with Bruce Franks. He's a great man. And it's, it's really well-rounded. Hmm. It's only 20 minutes long. Yeah. And it's a short. Uh, the other ones are In the Absence, which is about something uh, I think about a – it's about boats. I think there's a, a collapsed boats. I'm not 100% sure. Learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl. Life overtakes me. That's about sick kids. Uh, walk, run, cha-cha, which is about dancing. Uh, so uh, that those so none about the Holocaust. It's got to be a first. <laughs> yeah, unless in the absence is a boat that turned uh, over in okay, the Holocaust. Okay, so is one of these favored to win? Is Superman uh, actually is Superman favored to win? According or? to Gold Derby, there's it's like a three way split. But yeah. St. Louis Superman is one of those uh, that uh, is supposed to be in it. Those are always the wild card when you're exactly your Oscar ballot anyway. I yeah. know. It's like and those are the ones that if you see them, you think yeah. you have an advantage. But I tend to pick wrong all the time. Well, no, you, you, get, you do the one about you do the one about the the dying kids or the uh, Holocaust or uh, uh, elderly. Last year, it was all dying kids. Yeah, it was. Last year, the period one? uh, Or was that a feature? No, uh, the period was the... uh, Oh, yeah, that was... The feature. Was that the feature? Wasn't I it? Remember. I didn't but the one that one was skin. Oh, the narrative. Maybe. No, I think, no. I think period was Doc short. short was period. period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the narrative was skin about the skinheads that Jamie Bell uh, was in as a long movie this year. But remember when I was telling them to you guys, you go, oh, the kids died. Well, they all died. Well, no, of course they all But I picked, I picked the one with the... With the real horrible kids' death. Well, like they're all horrible, but right. they were pretty bad last year. So this year, uh, I hope it's not all kids dying. But yeah, there was one elderly one. Right. I, there is there is one about uh, sick kids in this one. Uh, the animated film shorts are Kit Bull, which we saw before Toy Story 4, which is, that's the Pixar one. Uh, memorable, uh, one called Sister, which people are talking about. Uh, daughter... <laughs> Or to Sarah, but it's daughter. It's it's foreign. And then the one that's getting the most press is hair love about an African American father trying to brush his daughter's hair. Oh, that'll win. <laughs> or Pixar. People love the people. Have people seen, love the Pixar. People have seen the Pixar ones. The Pixar ones win a lot, but not always. Not always. No. Lava win a couple years no, ago? No, it did not. Luna. Luna. La Luna. La Luna. That's a great one. Uh, the best live short film nominees, Brotherhood, Nefta Football Club, The Neighbor's Widow. Oh, I'm sorry. The Neighbor's Window. Uh, Saria and A Sister. So I don't know anything about those. So maybe I will go to uh, Marcus or uh, the Tivoli this weekend and see that. Now, the Tivoli is showing them all for a week. But the Marcus ones are just two-day events, so check your the local. Marcus listings. is also showing the nine best picture nom, well, but they're not showing. But not the Netflix ones. <laughs> yeah, they're not showing Marriage Story or the Irishman. Right, and uh, AMC's AMC's the same doing way. that the same. No, right? no one gets to no one gets to do the full slate for the second year in a row because they didn't show Roma last year. Is that right? All right. 
I sell them all, so I don't need to go out and catch up at the last <laughs> minute like a lot of people. Have to yeah. Now, my well, wife saw Ford versus Ferrari for the first time, and she said she wished she could have seen it on the biggest screen possible. Ah. Uh, but too late for that. Well, no, I guess not. She has another week to go see it at any of the places that are showing Speaking it. of the Oscars, I don't know where you guys are going to watch it, but I do recommend going to the Tivoli. That's, are you hosting? I'm not hosting. I hosted four years in a row, and then last year was I. First year I did not host uh, young Stephen Tronachek, who works for Landmark, who also writes for uh, We Are Movie Geeks, is hosting for the second year in a row. Um, he, he, but he you went. But you job. went as a guest. I went. Yeah, I went last year. Well, I was at Lynn's house for a while, and then mm-hmm. I, I think about a half hour after it started, I rushed after over to Tivoli. They ate and went. And then <laughs> That's they right. Because <laughs> there's food no food in the Tivoli. And <laughs> I even put a couple beers in my coat pocket. I, I always go to my cousin's house. Because That's a great place to watch is the Tivoli. Though. It's really fun. They turn the volume down when the commercials are on, and oh. Stephen asks trivia questions. Well, I could get in four or five trivia questions per commercial. Last year, Stephen got in like one trivia question per commercial. <laughs> Well, um, I have been to Tom's, and then we used to host it, the St. Louis Film Critics. We hosted it for like four years, and mm-hmm. then I just said, this is too much work. Mm-hmm. And then um, I enjoyed hosting. That was when Laura uh-huh. was there. Oh, and, I miss uh, Laura. Yeah, so we did it, and we did it for a while, but it was just, yeah, I just had to take a break. But now I just have my nephew, and um, I do this thing where I pair, uh, I turn the Best Picture nominees in uh, to see for menu items. Ah, like uh, last yeah. year, I had a taco bar in for for Roma, and uh, I forget what else. That's racist, you know. Well, it could have been worse <laughs> it's with the good kind of racist. It, it could have been worse with green, uh, with green, book? green book, and oh yeah, black soul food and and stuff like that. But now I'm blanking on the things that well, I Irishman. came up with. Well, Irishman this cabbage year is actually no Irishman is actually really good this year because of the Italian cuisine, and then for um, for parasite, I'm having a Korean barbecue meatballs. Mm. And then what are you doing for Ford versus Ferrari? Uh, I looked Motor up, oil. <laughs> Motor well, oil. No, I looked up uh, Detroit food. Okay. But then I thought, wait a minute, they're in California. Right. And it's Le Mans. So, so I, I haven't decided quite on yet, but I did look up uh, what, what Detroit your, food. What is your Joker food? Um, it's New York food. I'm having a whole, there's a whole bunch of New York movies. Yeah. So we can have New York cheesecake. Yeah, but Marriage can, Story is New York and Los Angeles. Yeah. We can have uh, New York cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And we can have uh, hot dogs and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with little weenies, little smoky links and everything. Because Detroit apparently has Polish sausage. And then we have bratwurst for Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And then we have hot dogs for New York. So we can have a, a whole lot, lot of, of... That's a lot of food there, Lynn. I know. I have to... I have to I'm, I'm still fine-tuning the menu. But then I thought about ginger ale and hot fudge sundaes for the Irishman. Okay. Which might turn into you know something so we'll else. see but yeah little women's the hardest mm-hmm. and then michigan if we're going to detroit we can have cherries and blueberries you have overthought this yeah. way too much i know little so women's up for best picture yes yes so, she wasn't nominated for director what about the joker yes yes joker that's food? why i'm gonna well i figure new york it's food. bronx brooklyn it's you know new york food new york food's easy yeah, yeah. pizza okay. you know so so out What's on DVD. That's a week from Sunday. Yes, coming out on DVD this week. We talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate, which has effectively murdered the Terminator franchise. 
unfortunately, which I didn't think it would. I am still a fan of Terminator Genesis, which I wanted them to continue that storyline. But this is the one that Cameron's been involved with and uh, the return of Linda Hamilton and in an actual role of Carl Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah I thought Schwarzenegger was really funny in this. He was funny. He was movie. He goes, uh, he's saying something. He has this really funny line about his sense of humor. Why, I am why, very why gruff. His wife loves him because I, I have an excellent sense of humor. I, I I liked him in Genesis. I, I well, he wasn't really in Just Genesis. Part, was what was the one with Christian Bale? That's Salvation. That's Salvation. That's, That's what everybody hates. Liked, yeah. Everybody well, hates. Well, it's not really one. having much to do with the Terminator. No, it doesn't. It's a John Connor. Oh, okay. And that's the one where they CGI'd his face on uh, a Roland Kickinger, who from uh, from Howard Stern's Son of the Beach played. Uh, he, they used his body and just uh, CGI'd uh, Arnold. Arnold's face on it because uh. he was supposed to look young and not at all. And that's the one with Anton Ch- uh, uh, Yelchin. Well, Terminator Dark Fate uh, did not do well at the box office, and I knew that. I knew the twist. As soon as as soon as the, she came on screen, I said, "Oh, well, she's not the mother of anybody." <laughs> well, and, I wouldn't assume it's going to kill a franchise. It may have not. It may not have done well. The it did not do box, well. They're not the going to domestic do box office, but I bet globally it made a right. profit. Uh, Harriet, which is Oscar nominated for best actress, yeah, she's the, the only woman of color. Of color, or no, she's the only person of color in the major acting nominations. So there, and but they thought there would be more. With well, another Antonio movie. Banderas is a yeah. A they minority. count him. They do count him. Oh, as a Latino. Well, I guess so. All right, fine. So there's only then two people. Wrong. There's only two, two people, people out of all uh, of the the acting nominations. I personally think the acting 20%. ones are all locked up. Well, yeah. I don't think there's going to be any big surprise. Joaquin. And who's going to win Best Actress? Uh, what's her face? Uh, oh, what's Renee her face? Zellweger. Renee Zellweger. For oh, Julie. yeah, she, she is Judy. the best. And who's going to win Best thing. Actor? Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. And then Laura Dern and Brad Pitt. I would yeah. agree with that. There could be a surprise in that actor's category since Miss Johansson like has nominated both categories. They might give it to her since she had such a good year. True. Um, and, and a lot of people didn't like Judy, the Judy Garland story No, the, the movie's flawed, but she is oh, great in it. She, she is deserves. great in it. And oh, no, she no, sang no. her own stuff. You didn't like the fact she didn't sound like Judy Garland, but she was singing. I, yeah, I know. I loved her. I, I listened to that that uh, CD they sent us with her and Sam Smith. She is really good in oh, that she's movie. Fantastic, she's fantastic. Yeah. She's great. And then uh, Motherless Brooklyn is out on the... Which maybe it isn't so, as slow as it was at the movie theater if you watch it at home. It does have a good score and it does have a good cast. But it is slow and too long. It's all two and a half hours. <laughs> and, and yeah, it is and way too moved long. Moved back into the fifties, even though the story takes place today. But it's a good in story. In the original, and then my favorite movie of the year, second favorite movie of the year. But it, it's it was my second favorite movie of the year. But then I put it in a higher slot for the decade list than the farewell. Parasite is out on DVD, and hopefully. I'm going to say nothing about it so you can if you have not seen it go see it with an open mind and hopefully you've not been spoiled on anything. And I said it was the most original screenplay of the year. I think when I saw it in November, it, you know, everybody was saying, "Oh, it's the best movie of the year." And so I had way high expectations. So when I saw it, I was like, "Well, it's really one of the best movies of the year, but I wouldn't say maybe best." But I think now the sentiment um I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has peaked. And I think the race now for Best Picture is between 1917 
and Parasite. I disagree. I think it's still between 1917 and Once Upon a Time, time in Hollywood. I, I don't Parasite think... didn't make my top ten list. I thought it was oversold, but that's just me. Um, I, I still think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has a the better chance. Yes. Although 1917 is doing really well. I, I saw it at the High Point again last Sunday, and I was talking to Brian, and he said it's been there three weeks, and each week is a bigger crowd. Because word of mouth. Week. Word mm-hmm. of mouth yeah. comes. And then also, it got the big buzz at the end because we didn't know much about it when we saw it Thanksgiving week. And then it gradually built up, and then the um, it opened other places Christmas Day, but here January 10th. And when Sam Mendes won the Golden Globe, mm-hmm. the he Guild. said, you know, it was going mm-hmm. to be wide. Yeah, and he won the Director's Guild. So... I think I think Best Picture and Best Director are going to be split. You uh, do? Maybe. I don't know. But Tarantino's you think Bong is going to win director. director? I think people might think it's Tarantino's year, and they're going to give it to him because Mendes, Mendes has already won. Yeah, no. but Tarantino already has an Oscar, but not for directing. And, and, and Mendes has won right. all the pre-stuff. And then Bong Joon-ho split with uh, Critics' Choice. Uh, I voted for him. Oh, well, no, Tarantino won Golden Globe, didn't he? No. No, he didn't. He won writing for Golden he Globe. He won writing. But he... They love to give him writing. writing. But I I think uh, Bong Joon-ho could win for writing, too. Yeah. But I, I think... Uh, I Because think, it's, it's original. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the, the things I've heard that it's not going to win picture is because they can give it foreign language. Okay. Our international yeah. film feature. Right. That's why it's not going to win. No, it's. So, I don't think it's going to win. Best no, there's picture. too many old guys in. Too many old guys. It will are win in best the, international film. Are are in the, the academy, and I think that's why 1917 might. Well, they overtake. kicked out a lot of the old guys out of the academy, and they brought in a bunch of young uh, minorities. There's, it's not and the that's Grammys. Why that awful Moonlight won best picture a few years ago. A but years ago, but they still have a lot of old guys. They do have a lot of well, old guys. Nothing wrong with old guys. I'm old. <laughs> I'm a guy. Um, I'm white. But yes, if you've not seen that, that is something that uh, Vulture had in on their website. Um, what scene they should use at the Oscars, and the one that they had the most problems with is Parasite because you, you, if you Can't highlight too much, you give stuff away, and out of context, it it doesn't do it justice. No, it doesn't. Because people ask me all the time about Parasite. What is that? What is this about? I just said, you got to go with it. You got to go with it. I said, just haves and have nots. Um, Wealthy family, poor people go work for them. And I go, there's all these twists and turns. And uh, when I tell people it's a comedy, it's a horror movie, it's a thriller, they look at me like, what? And I said, it's got the elements of all three. It is going to, it will win at least one Academy Award next year. Right. At right. least one. We'll, we'll know a week from this exactly. Week. Well, uh, the uh, next week the DVDs are uh, continuing the end of the year stuff. Playing with Fire, Last Christmas, Waves, Doctor Sleep, The Nightingale, Ugh. Carl and my favorite movie of last year, and it. The Good Liar. Okay, I saw. What's playing with Fire? Oh, no, that's, that's the, the John Cena. Cena. Yeah, I didn't see that. Sorry. Yeah, uh, no, I saw Last Christmas. I want to see Dr. Sleep. I that kind of went and... Yeah, it, I want to see it. Ewan, yeah. Ewan McGregor, or however you say Ewan. his name. Ewan. Ewan. I will watch it's him in anything. It's the sequel to The Shining. Yeah, and I'll watch him in anything. And I saw Good so. Liar. It wasn't... It's fine. Nightingale, I hate. There's a reason that those people weren't nominated. Like, everybody goes, oh, they should have been nominated. But it's like, no, they really shouldn't have. Well... Sorry, Jennifer Kent. I did not care for. I did not care for the Nightingale. Too many, too many 
too rapey for me. Mm, it I is too. Oh, yeah. those scenes are so. And they keep hard going. Hard to watch. And then they go. Then she gets raped again. Oh. And then she gets raped again. And then all the tragedies involved with the rapes. Oh. I mean, oh. rape has been a important part of drama and fiction and literature for many centuries. I, I know, but they show... It goes on and on. What well, doesn't go on and on as much as I Spit on Your Grave from 1979, which has a 25-minute rate. <sighs> um, so I, I want to... <laughs> yes, br- I you, are, you are correct about there. that. So it's not the rapiest movie ever made. That's okay. true. When, uh, when Carl was talking about uh, things like motherless Brooklyn changing the years and other things changing the story... I need to bring up, there's a preview on television right now for Downhill, which is the Uh, American version of Force Force Majeure, Majeure, which won the St. Louis Film Critics' Best Foreign Language Film, and I think it won a bunch more people's. Also, it's a hard film to enjoy. (laughs) Didn't it win the Oscar? No, it did not. It did not. not. Okay, it is a hard film to enjoy. So they've made it a comedy. They made it a broad comedy. With Will Ferrell and and Juliet Louis-Dreyfus, and I'm just really upset. They're getting getting hammered. The initial reviews that are coming out are saying it's absolutely horrible. Hmm. Why anybody would do that? But if they would have said it wasn't a remake of Force Majeure, I think it would have been better received because because basically it's the same story. And it, but it's Will Ferrell, and he, at least in the original Force Majeure, it's it's a subtle thing. He did, it's not overt. I hear that Will Ferrell makes it like really overt that he runs inside and abandons his family. Yeah, mm-hmm. you said they show that in the preview, and they show that in the trailer. Yeah, they uh. show that in the trailer because to me, when I was watching Force Majeure, because people were really you know, good about not telling you, right? And then all but of a sudden, it's you subtle. see the you dad. You just see him. And you're like. I had a I had to rewind it like going Did he just did leave? he just do that? Well <laughs> leave his kids I, and his wife. We got the we got the invitation for that today and yeah. I am going to go because I what want day to is see that? it's Monday the tenth we're going yeah. to see it. Yeah. All right, so oh, I can go. Tom, tell us about the uh, Lad Lake Film Festival at Washington. Oh, the Lad uh, Lake uh, Film Festival. Webster yeah, University. Kind of stuff going on. Yeah, I'm going to see more old movies at, on the big screen <laughs> this year than new ones. That, that is my goal. In fact, I went to the Wildy three times in January. They have a yes, they film do. series every Tuesday night Al for Canal. $2. Yeah, I know Al Canal. I used to go see Al Canal do stand-up comedy uh, in the 80s. The birds. No man for. Uh, I do. I do a great Al Canal impression. But if you don't know Al Canal, and I do this impression, you'll think I'm making fun of him. But I can make. I can sound like Al Canal. Yeah. It. I love Al. Oh, we saw. Is he still wearing the fedoras? Um, I I don't know. I don't think I saw him there. I know he. I know he runs the place, but I don't think I saw him there. I went there three weeks ago and saw Stripes. I went there two weeks ago and saw the African Queen, and I went there this week and saw. the Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds. The original. Yes, and they were all really fun. It's a really fun place to see a movie. They showed it's it because far. of the... It's 30 miles from my house, but yeah. you know, it's only two bucks. I figure the money you spend on gas, you save by only paying And it's bucks. a beautiful theater. Yeah, it's a really nice theater. It's got a balcony. I've hosted, I've hosted events there. Yeah. Um, I hosted John Waite from The Babies. Oh, yeah. <gasps> he, he, he opened, when I saw Rick Springfield at the Family Arena, Do Not Judge Me. This month they're um, doing... He um, opened, John Waite was the o- opening mm-hmm. act. Good. Um, they're doing... 
Back to the Future this Tuesday the 4th, but I am showing Trading Places at the Way Out Club on 16mm, so go Ooh. to the Way Out Club. And they're doing Breakfast at Tiffany's on the 11th, and I don't think they've announced what they're doing the rest of the month. But you didn't ask me about that. No, asked I asked you about, about this gun for hire. Um, yeah, Pete Timmerman, who used to be on the Film Critics Association. Because he wrote for a magazine he, that uh, is defunct uh, now. Well, he doesn't have an outlet. And then he but went he's busy to because all, he runs uh, he the, went uh, to Webster. He runs the Webster Film Series, and he is doing such a great job of, of programming. He's way into Asian films, so half of the movies he shows are from Korea or China, which is fine, and he knows a lot about those films. He knows a lot about film, period. He, b- Uncle Boon, me, remember Yes, that, <laughs> that, was, that last, was his favorite movie A couple of months time. ago, he did a... A Nicholas Ray Film Festival, and that was a six-film wow. series, which was fantastic. I think I saw three or four of them. Uh, and then now, this Tuesday, which is the fourth, but go to the Way Out Club, he's starting <laughs> an Alan Ladd, Veronica Lake. They t- apparently teamed up for four movies, but they're only right. showing three. They're showing This Gun for Hire. And two of these I've never seen, which is too bad, because I'm going to have to miss This Gun for Hire, uh, which was made in 42. It's about a hitman. Mm-hmm. On the 11th, they are showing The Glass Key, which is based on a, a Dashiell Hammett mystery, mm-hmm. also from 1942, which I've never seen. I'll, I'll definitely be seeing that one. What was it called? The Glass, Glass Key. Key. I don't think I've ever heard of that, and I love those Dashiell uh, Hammett movies. It was, filmed, it was filmed before that. It was filmed in, like, 35 with John Garfield. Uh, and then on the, I guess it would be the 18th, the 18th. they are showing Blue Dahlia, which I have seen. That's I've uh, seen uh, that. And that's, that's got Hugh Beaumont. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it to be right now. Oh, my That's a classic, uh, just a classic Yeah, but that was more. when he was, that was before... Leave it to Beaver. Ward, Ward, yeah. Ward yeah. I'm worried about the Beaver. Okay. And it's uh, seven dollars to the general public, five dollars yeah. for uh, Webster staff. Yeah, so uh, good for and Pete students for uh, showing these old movies, and they get pretty decent crowds. They had really good crowds for the um, Nicholas, Nicholas Ray stuff. I just want to tell any people if you're lost and can't find Brown Hall. Um, don't ask a Webster student because I went up to three different groups of Webster students to You mean more, ask, more auditorium? Yeah, and they, they looked at me yeah. like, oh, we don't know where that is. It's not that hard to find. Just go, go to that semicircle, and it's like right in the middle. Right. It's not that hard to find. But I've had the same people ask me the same thing. So, hey, let's talk about uh, what you're doing next at the Way Out Club. I'm doing, well, I just mentioned it, but I'll mention it again. Trading yes. Places, 16-millimeter print, uncut. It's Uncut. a really nice print. I've seen my Where you can see uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in a oh, mirror. Oh, in all her glory. She looks, <laughs> she looks great naked. Wait a minute. Did I say that out loud or did I just think it? But you it's, said it out it's loud. in a mirror. It, I've seen this print before. It belongs to my friend Roger. It's in really great shape. The color is beautiful. Um, and it's a funny movie. It holds up really well. It was kind 1982. Of Murphy's second film. Yeah, right behind, after, at 48, uh, 48 Hours. hours and but see, in 48 hilarious. Hours, he was just a supporting player. This is He's more of a lead. Oh, but Dan, well, was more of a buddy cop film, but yeah, uh, right. well, and this is sort of he teams up with Dan. Dan Aykroyd. It's a great film. Yeah. And I don't know what we're doing in, um, I guess, March. Uh, you know, the Way Out Club's for sale, and I, oh, it I, is. I, I, this will probably be the last year I do. I've been doing shows. I've been doing movies at the Way Out Club since 2009. Well, is there another place that you can do them? Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll just kind of retire. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Or, I, never, I or, really thought that far ahead. Or well, by the Way Out Club. And but I do that, and I also show my Super 8 shorts, too, for, you know, 90 minutes or two hours after we'll show a, a feature on 16 millimeter. Well, there's a place in South City around Bevo that's going to be one of these little micro Yes, theaters. yes, yes, yes. Oh, Mi- yeah, I met the owners. Yeah, they're supposed to open in March. I don't know if they're still on schedule. It's right next door to the Heavy Anchor. It's on um, Gravel. Yes. Grabboy Lof- near Loughborough. Mm-hmm. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, you know, they never did get that Alamo draft house. Like no. They were I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah. They never did. They announced it, and then they never did well, it. They announced it, then we had a bunch of race riots, and I bet they pulled out. <laughs> that would be my guess. So it's at Grabboy and Loughborough? Uh, Grabboy near Loughborough, yeah. Near Loughborough. Ish. I used to live kind near there. Kind of between Bates. 
Kind of well. <gasps> I lived off Bates. of Bates. So, By yeah, Ken- kind of near where Kennedy where. High School. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I, no, no, reach, not Kennedy High School. Uh, Saint John, Saint John the Baptist High School. Yeah. That's what it was. Kennedy, Kennedy was the one that closed at uh, 141 in Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Saint John the Baptist was the one there by Bevo Mill. Sorry, well, it closed. And it's that's called okay. the Arcadian. Okay, that's. I knew. I read about it. She's writing all this down. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just. As a reporter, she's good at that. Okay. Yeah. Well, we need. I'm, I'm going to interview well, that. I like that. Me, so. I like that uh, idea. It's a great idea. It only. It's only going to seat 40, which is smaller than the back lot. Wow. Highpoint backlog. I love that backlog. Backlog can seat 48. So wait a minute. That seat's 48? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, That's including the couch. I think there's 44 chairs. And then the couch. And then the couch. Yeah. Well, we've had some really It's really weird. It's really weird sitting on the couch, though. Yeah. It is. It's too close. And we've also had, uh, you know, like they put the big short in there. Remember screening? It was so packed with all these people that normally don't show up. Yeah. That's. (laughs) Don't be upset. All, All right. right. Well, thank you very much. Thomas told us everything that he's got going on. Well, not everything, because tonight I'm going to a play. What are you going to see? <gasps> I only see like one play a year. It is called Flanagan's Irish Wake. Oh, Flanagan's oh, Wake. Oh, you seen that. Or something. Alan Knoll. Alan Knoll. Mr. It's, Laurie It's Mack. interactive. It's yes. interactive. It? Oh, good. It's I'm, like, I'm big on volunteering. At it's, these like, it's like Tony and Tina's wedding. Yeah, that's what I read. I don't know much about it. Uh, there's a bar on stage. Ah, all right. Well, it's, there you I'll go. Definitely volunteer. It's an Irish wake, and then, and then like you can drink. So but you've seen it? No, 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 no. I know about it. My wife is trying to get me to go, and we were all we were supposed to go last night, but it, that that didn't happen. But it's an Irish wake, but it's like Tony and Tina's wedding, yeah. where you are a part of the wake and you right. play pay your respects. But there are actors that are doing a right. a basic show while this is all going on i had another reviewer go because my new website poplifestl.com is now officially launched Yay, today you can go to it. yeah thanks and i it's it doesn't have as much fresh content as i want i'll be putting that up this weekend but it does have some of the latest theater reviews on there and did your reviewer like flanagan's wake um she's going tonight I think. okay oh so I'll, we'll have the we'll have the <laughs> review but i'm going to Shakespeare Festival St. Louis's uh, Two Men of Verona. Yeah, hip hop musical called Dress the Part. Dress the Part. It's based on uh, two gentlemen, two of gentlemen Verona, from Verona, which I've never seen, but it was a big deal in the seventies because it was at the public. And it is two actors. In fact, our friend Jim Doyle from the Classical Station had those guys on the air with him this week, and that's how I learned about it. And I actually told him, I said, "All right, you can stop talking about it now because it is opened." Because they on the classical station, they kept talking about this thing. It is two characters playing all the parts, and it's like a Hamilton version of a Shakespeare. Yeah, it's going to be really fun, and it's going to be at the Ready Room, mm-hmm. which I haven't been in, and it starts at eight thirty. Wow! So, so yeah, so it's going to be an event. Lynn will be at a thing that's an event. The, What's the, the theater? Hip-hop. The it's Ready Room. The Ready Room in the Grove. Which oh. is, it, is it a big theater? Not really. No, it's, it's really they, like they a, normally do concerts. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's no. it's not really a a theater venue. Oh. Right. You know how they do that sometimes. I see plays all over the place. I see plays in like people's houses and stuff. Which wow. Is just really weird. One time they had to ask me to move because I was in a chair that was uh, like uh, we need this for the lead. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Could you move? Yeah. I didn't know. All right, so where can we find everyone? My name is Carl Middleman, a.k.a. Carl the Intern. You can find me on socials at underscore Carl the Intern on Twitter and Instagram, and you can hear me on the Intercom family of radio stations 
on, let's see, 97.1 every Saturday, uh, KMOX, Y98, KZK, and sometimes now 96.3. Tom, where can uh, we find you? Where can you find me? Drinking at a bar. That joke, <laughs> that joke never gets old. Uh, WeareMovieGeeks.com. That's pretty much where you can find me. And you're about town and all the theater, right. theaters. And, and you just heard everywhere he's going to be in the That's next right. month. <laughs> That's right. Track me down. And uh, I'm at uh, thetimesnewspapers.com, which is Webster, Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and West End Word. I'm on KTRS every Thursday night with Ray Hartman. And in it's called St. Louis in the Know. Mm-hmm. And then I am here. Real Times Trio podcast. We have a Facebook page, everybody. We do. If you miss one of our scintillating podcasts, I'm you can scintillated. Go, and I will have it on my new website, poplifestl.com. Well, you need to make sure that they populate and forward to each other. So, yes. Yes. So, yeah, please spread the word because we have a good time and we give you interesting information. And if you haven't seen, the Adam Driver sketch uh, that that revisits Kylo Ren on right. Undercover it's a Boss. Sequel. It's a sequel to the original Undercover Boss they did with Kylo Ren. Where are they now? Uh, someone <laughs> said. Someone said. Uh, oh, uh, I forgot who. It doesn't matter. They said that they thought this one was better because she hadn't seen the original, so she went back and watched. She went back and watched the original, and she said the sequel's better. I'm like, yeah, oh. uh, this is this is pretty hilarious. But they're both in tandem; they're hilarious. But if you've never seen Adam Driver do comedy, he's he's really he good. He was a lot more uh, he was a lot more willing to go for it this time. Yeah, he's hosted his third time. Right. Yeah, and this week is a Super Bowl dude, JJ Watt. He's not a Super Bowl. He's a football player. Well, he's a football player, <laughs> but it's because it's the Super Bowl on Sunday, and he's not playing because he's so they're going to be. Commercials for new movies that are going to be premiering at the Super yeah Bowl. yeah I wonder yes. I wonder which ones they're going to show yeah, so, so might, yeah. yeah that's one of the things they usually it's usually the big giant a, summer movie a like one minute show. trailer right yeah which costs like several million dollars well, of course uh, I did see the Clydesdale one mm-hmm. oh get I, your hanky out no uh, get no. your hanky out it's about a trainer who trains Clydesdales the Clydesdale and and he has a special bond with this one. And uh, then he grows up and he has to let the Clydesdale go. So, yeah, it's very heartfelt. You know, they're either humorous or heartfelt. Sure. So the one with Chris Evans and John Krasinski and Rachel Dratch. Wicked Smart. Wicked Smart. Smock Pock is hilarious. Okay. So I think those are the two to watch, even though Brian Cranston's in the Shining knockoff. Okay. Say goodbye, Lynn. (laughs) Ha, <laughs> ha,